You are listening to episode 9 of Limited Perspective. My evening combo with two of Athens, Georgia's most prolific guitar players, who are also pretty smart singer-songwriters, Tommy Jordan and William Tonks, known as Mr. Jordan, Mr. Tonks. It was a casual get-together in William's practice space. They were supposed to be practicing, but I made them talk to me instead. (laughs) If you want to hear them live, they'll be playing, among others, tomorrow night at Hendershots for the benefit for the 40th annual Human Rights Festival, which goes from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at Hendershots. So last night I talked to him, and here it is. So what's up? How y'all doing? How are you, sir? Welcome. Good to see you. So this is your your abode? This is it, yeah. This is... This is where I'm sitting. Do you need time to manage that? Matching chairs. Nice. Matching shirts, two mine's orange and yours is red and black. Clemson, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, we got the SEC representative. We put our jeans on, but you know, we're not copycat. Black jeans, blue jeans. (laughs) Do I need a guitar? No, well, not for me. In my life, I do. Yeah. Two benefits. The Human Rights Festival benefit and the Human Rights, Rights Festival. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, we need to get a I paying see. gig on, on the horizon somewhere. What? I know. Hey, we're getting paid for that movie. See that? Pay for oh, tell about the. We're recording. I'm recording you right now. Oh, hey, Larry. Hey. Hey, hey Larry. Meet Larry. <laughs> I've had oh, Larry stickered forever. Part of, my, part of my thing for the promotional video. Welcome, sir. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you very much. It's good to thank be here. You so Thanks, much. Larry. For joining me. Yes. See, Larry, why are you coming apart? That's footage from my little promo video where I, yeah. I like. Look at Larry meeting the meeting the yeah, guests for his yeah, show. You know, yeah. welcoming welcoming them. Well, it's okay. Show their own. Showbiz is okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. A, any, that anybody produces anything, um, but B, that people produce fun, nice things. And yeah. So I see he's drinking a like beer. Yeah. Oh, have give Tommy one. <laughs> gotta loosen. <laughs> gotta loosen the tongues. Yep. Your, <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, I'll save that one for you. I've got a heavier beer that I'll switch to. I knocked over most of mine. Oh. I know, usually. Cheers. Cheers to your You're not looking up your old head. Yeah, you know, you do that all the time. Oh. And you. I just uh, reviewed that little uh, tidbit at the end of the music video. I, yeah. I watch that all the time. It's yeah, hilarious. That's really fine. You guys have a certain sort of uh, charisma, charm, magic when you, you know. We like to call it je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi, yeah. yeah. That's, for lack of, like, a real word to describe it. That is a real word. See? That's where it's classier. That's French. Dude. Uh, I know. It's like it's the only French thing I know. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> I don't know. BRB. And this is uh, a little technical difficulty. I lost some of the recording, but basically, this is where Tommy's telling me that he listened to my podcast while he was working, and I apologize. I missed some of the uh, recording. I was just checking the levels. You know, still new at this. And uh, just tracing lines, basically. And, okay. And, uh, and it was just kind of nice to listen to the conversation while... So I'll... But I've got a bunch more of that work to do, so now I know cool. what to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I recommend 
podcast, you know, I recommend mine, but yeah. any I've gotten nuts about podcasts. I don't really listen to them. You know, I have, but uh, we and I listened to some one time when we were driving. Mm-hmm. You know, when, we, when we were driving to Nashville, weren't we listening to podcasts when we drove to Nashville? Mm-hmm. We, 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 we don't tell me, but it was more the TV show or the radio show, but it was as a podcast. Yes. Yeah. It made the miles just fly by. It did. Until I got into a conference call right during your favorite show. Oh. Wrong. Bad. Well, it was kind of interesting to listen to Tommy listen to a conference call for an hour where you might have said three (laughs) sentences. I was like, I couldn't do it. I really could not listen to other people have a meeting. I hate going to meetings enough that I I participate in. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way. Was it in the car? Yeah, driving? Conference yeah. call, driving car. Well, they're fine if you're by yourself. Uh-huh. But um but they're not they're kinda rude if you're with somebody. If you're right, yeah, yeah. Kind of but it gave me time to kinda get my brain together and get ready for the show. There you go. Oh, I wanna make sure you each get a I just gave away my handful of picks. I've already I had and, one extra and a sticker. Pick. Stickers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you wanna pick? Oh totally. Have, I like picks. I get Three picks. Three picks. Yeah, and there's more where that there's came from, buddy. <laughs> you know, I've got a spot for this sticker already. You're gonna be the first thing on my my new old amplifier. How about that? Cool. Flattered. Honored. Going to do another one. Do of you those. only give? What? We do another concerto show okay. next Saturday, so or Sunday. So. Where's that? Um, Naples, Florida. You're gonna play in Naples, Florida? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's cool. Is that, is that where you're from? No, but I did. I was like, that's far. I did go to art school in Sarasota. We actually played for the tour. We um, always think of you in art museums, of course. But uh, we played the, in Tampa, St. Pete, went to the Dolly Museum. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. On our day off, and holy crap. Amazing stuff, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I just had no depth, no idea of the depth of his talent. Yeah, know? yeah. It's not like he started out weird and you know he started out traditional and got mm-hmm. weird but had great skill and mm-hmm. seeing him in real life I don't know it was amazing pretty one thing to uh, keep in mind is that he did have a uh, assistant when he got older what do you mean oh the, oh, the assistant helped him so he, he drew it and then the assistant painted 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 I think five numbers or something? I saw a documentary and it had the guy like was definitely helping him but mm-hmm. he was it was downplayed his significance was downplayed but I think Dolly did his own stuff you know the stuff that he was famous for made famous for and made himself known for he did like it on his own but I think those huge things oh okay that makes sense that in that yeah, museum, I think he had 8 by 10 yeah he's, he was already older and he had a but they were yeah they were some impressive stuff grande hey um that's Spanish that's <laughs> oh, was Starbucks talk <laughs> okay I'm gonna ask a question just to okay did you turn it back on again Oh, it's on, it's on, baby. Yeah, we... Let's see, I don't know where to begin, but I'll start with... Why don't each of you give me a tidbit of your origins, like, starting with you, Tommy. My origins? Origins, like, birth, and then birth, college, how'd you get into music? Just blammo. Okay, well, <laughs> birth, accident of birth, I was born in Chicago. Chicago. But moved to Atlanta when I was th- about three months old, where both of my and both of my brothers were born there. Uh-huh. So I claim Atlanta as my home. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
But at some point, we moved. My dad would he worked for the Wall Street Journal, and he was transferred every three years. So I went all around, back up to Chicago, over to New Jersey when I was a teenager, early teenager, and then back down to Atlanta. And I started playing guitar when I was about 10 or 11, maybe, years old, mm-hmm. something like that. And that would have been when I was in, in my New Jersey period. And, um, and then we moved down to Atlanta, and I started in when I was in high school, junior in high school, and I started playing in coffee houses at that time. And uh, I was actually in a band in New Jersey, too, playing bass, and uh, it's called The Evolution of Sound. The band was? The band was. Ah, yeah. That's pretty Evolution good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was the youngest one. They called me Tootie because mm-hmm. I played trumpet and uh, and bass. And they, I said, I can sing. I can and they sing. And they said, really? And so I'm 14 years old. And I said, I can sing. And they said, really? Okay, sing Light My Fire, right? 14-year-old singing Light My Fire. How convincing is that? It did not work. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, and then... So then I moved down to Atlanta, uh, back to Atlanta, and then I went to college at Valdosta State College as a music, as a music major. Got in a band there and went to New York instead of going to my sophomore year in college uh-huh. after spending a summer in Macon with a band. And then went to Boston and then back down to Athens when I realized that I was a good waiter and a good guitar player. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, where did, what city did you end up in for the I was for in Cambridge, Cambridge, Massachusetts okay. at that point. So you could, you could make good money as a waiter and... And, uh, and and okay money as a as a musician because yeah. I was in a good band and uh-huh. we played cool gigs, um, colleges and ski resorts and played all around New England oh, and yeah. Cape May and stuff or Cape Cod and it's not Cape uh-huh. May, never made it to New Jersey, but that was cool. And then came back down to Athens, um, played folk music for a while and I got in a band called Turtle Bay and then Men in Trees, and uh, back in the eighties in the early late seventies and early eighties kind of music scene here. I was the manager of the El Dorado. Worked at the El Dorado as a waitress, which is a vegetarian. What year was that when the, at the El Dorado? Because I don't... That was 76 Jeez. when I started working there. Wow. And uh, with the B-52s practicing in the back room. <laughs> and uh, so I got to hear them learn how to play their instruments. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> so that was interesting. <laughs> and... Um, and they worked with me at the restaurant too. And then played Mentries and then started, got out of that and started playing old time music and, and bluegrass in the 90s. And String Theory was my band then. And then kept doing that while I'm working at the university. Ah. Oh, look. Oh, got a, oh, he's got whiskey. <laughs> he's got whiskey. But anyway, Jeez. somewhere in there I got a PhD, a master's degree, and then a PhD. And, uh, and you turned around and ended up with a PhD. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, anyway, well, so well, that's kind of, kind of I'll cliche. come back to some of these details. Yeah, I tried to do too much in one, kind, one kind question. Kind of cliche yeah. career revolution. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody does. Right, I know. Yeah, you got a again. PhD yeah. in geology, right? G. But then I met geography. With you and geography. Okay, and right. geography, a PhD in geography. So string theory is still active. Um, it's an old-time band. Right. That's in, with, uh, um, with Dale. With Dale, Dale Wessler and Dick and Daniels and Anton Speeders. A lot of the, and the Susan Staley. Yeah, yeah. Folks, some three of them are in the Bohemians. And yeah, I like the Bohemians. Yeah, I do too. And and we're sharing the bill with them on Friday night. Really? Yes, we are. 
Where's, where's at Hendershots. Hendershots, go out. For the I Human Rights Festival well, benefit. I'll hold on to it. Yeah. Um, I'd be rude if I didn't offer you. Yeah. Would be. I mean, he's not, he's yeah. not rude. I didn't want it, people but think I, I would have noticed if you didn't offer me. Yeah, well, people think I'm nice, but I'm not nice. I'm just polite. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you don't drink that, we'll just share it later. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's right. It will not go, be wasted. Okay. Good. Um, but we're gonna give old Tennessee credit for whiskey. It's just kind of mad at Kentucky. That's right. right. So, so yeah. I don't know. And so that's good, right? Mm-hmm. Is that good enough? Beautiful. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, and thank you, William. You can have a turn and uh, just uh, for our listeners, William <laughs> just poured us each a what I would consider a large shot glass full of Jack Daniels. Which I may or may not. No, that's modest. No, that's not. Which I may or may not drink. And and there's a little bit of water in it to take the edge off. Oh, a little water. Okay. We're we're not sophisticated, but we've read about sophisticated people. No, you're sophisticated. (laughs) And we're civilized, too. We don't drink too much. Shabby sophisticated. Shabby sophisticated. Nice. A a worn, weathered... uh, Patches on our elbows, yeah. But we yeah. don't. We don't. But only on short, <laughs> short sleeve shirts. We just have the patch on. Okay, me. I was born in New Jersey, probably about the time that Tommy was in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a guitar when I was nine. My sister. I'd become infatuated with the Beatles after seeing Help and mm-hmm. Yellow Submarine. But there's a particular scene in Help where John Lennon's playing. You've got to hide your love away. Mm-hmm. And it just was the coolest thing. It was the Beatles, and they were <laughs> all together in that crazy big house, and there was a girl listening, and the song was oh, fantastic. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And uh, my sister had fallen prey to the great folk music scare of the early 60s and had a, a guitar, <gasps> actually that harmony that's sitting over there in the corner over there. Uh-huh. And um, she gave it to me, and I would learned how to make noise on it and then forgot about it. But then we moved south the summer of 72, I found myself in downtown Savannah with no friends and lots of time, and that's when I really got into playing guitar. So I started, my parents said they would give me lessons if it was classical guitar, mm-hmm. and I would bug the classical guy. They were all rock guys. To teach you a song. A rock song. Yeah, yeah. so that's how I learned how to play I'm 18 by Alice Cooper mm-hmm. and Blackbird and mm. Day Tripper, and so oh, that, yeah, that was yeah. kind of a thing. And I did that on and off for a while, and then in high school, started. I met Bob. Um, in sixth grade, when I moved schools, um, Bob and I were the only kid, kids like like ourselves in uh, cathedral day school, parochial Catholic education school for a little Episcopalian boy like me. You got to have your guy. And uh, we fed each other's fire, so we would buy records. What do you would you buy? Well, you know, you want to talk about your records, and he got into guitar because I was into guitar. So we, what'd you learn? Oh, show me that, and mm. you know, we would. Fed each other's fire for years, so and we still stay in contact. It's fact he, we've been playing phone tag the past exactly. couple of days. Bob uh, is Bob right uh, singing and performing and recording, or is not so much. Bob really got waylaid for a while, and then he fell off a ladder and got super sick, almost died. Now he's kind of Dice. in the recovery mode. Um, that's Bob last year when he got out of the hospital. So okay. that's what you know, twenty years will do for you. Mm-hmm. But he can grow a hell of a beard. <laughs> but, but at various times, Bob is, was the most amazing guitar player I ever saw. He could do things that nobody could do. The fall has taken a lot out of him, so yeah. he's kind of relearning stuff. Oh, damn. But uh, Bob's a force. In fact, Bian, 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 yeah, my brother Bian. Brother Bian and Bob, mm-hmm. we hung out with Bob in Savannah when Sunspots played in Savannah, yeah, opening okay. for the Swimming Pool Cues. Ah, cool, yeah. cool. Cool, cool. 
because you remember I was in a band with his brother. With my brother, yeah. I, you know what? I don't think I did remember that. Yeah, yeah. Sunspots. They're in a band called Sunspots. And You've they been in so many more bands than me. I've been know. in like three. Well. No, you see, yeah. See, I'm in one. But, yeah, but call it six, but I'm at 16. But whatever. 16? Yeah, probably. Jesus. Yeah, well, it's funny. I was trying to impress my new boss because, you know, I'm just the guy that runs the rental office. So I got kind of tired of that. I said, you know what? Everybody comes into you to show you their resume. Everybody's published. I've got a resume, too. Oh. <laughs> and I pulled these all out of my... my... <laughs> okay. Hey, you want to... <laughs> Let me pass them. Oh, here's some more. Here's right. some more. Pass them over yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> all your, all your musical endeavors. Ah, this is not going to be a fun. This is with uh, Bill Berry and his friend in concert. Mike Mills and his friend. Mike Mills. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. That's with Crumpy and Randy Durham. Barbecue. We made three albums. Barbecue. Dave Dondero. I played him. That's the Oh, you gave me that. I hadn't listened to that yet. I can't listen Gene to Gene Spencer, Flutter, Workhorses of the Entertainment you were, Recreation. Yeah, I remember your very long bumper sticker promoting mm-hmm. that one. This one you just gave me a copy of. Yeah. Nat- Is that Athest? Nature's Assembly Line. Na- nature's, oh, nature's Assembly Line. Nature's, oh, yeah, I can't see. More of the Poor Bastard Souls. Souls. Redneck Grease. Redneck Grease. Yeah, I love that. I listened to one of those CDs over and over for a while. Do you need to pass some of those over? But I mean, oh, sure. I'll pass yeah. <laughs> Your hand is only so large. Yeah, I'm just trying to get... Uh, that, that was an extra copy in case my boss asked for one, but she didn't. Uh-huh. So. This one I catch. I listened to that fairly recently. Barbecue again. Ooh. Marley McLeod, The Lonesome Choir. Marley McLeod, that's a good With Dave Demisi on bass. Cool. What about Mr. Mr. Tonks? Oh, yeah. I didn't have any copies. You didn't have. I've got some in the car. I got a copy of Mr. Jordan with me when I went for my my interview. Don't worry. Yeah, we, we, I need to load up because actually I've got four packages of CDs <laughs> that I need to send to people. All right. Um, well, I've got them in the car. Well, oh yeah. yeah, William said you guys uh, re redid the CD. Well, yeah, we we made it. We kept. The, so our first first CD was six songs. Our second CD is nine songs. But it's only three new songs, <laughs> so we we just tagged the three new songs mm-hmm. onto the six and beautiful. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not a crime. No, and it's and but this one's on Spotify and mm-hmm. iTunes. And, oh, beautiful! You know, beautiful. and uh, how do you, how do you get found on Spotify and iTunes? You look up Mr. Jordan, Mr. Tom, Mr. Jordan, Mr. Tom. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and it's all one word, right? It's all one word. All yeah. one word. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, and, uh, so it's on all the online sources. Because no. it was published by CD Baby, and so they do that as yeah. a service. That's I went through CD Baby too. Yeah. I love. I like. I was um, listening to the Mr. Jordan, Mr. Talks, and I a uh, couple songs stuck in mind. I I want to um, ask about them on here. Let's see. We're sitting in uh, what William calls Willy World. William World. William World. Sorry. Right. I don't know, but I, I know the guy from one band called you Willie T, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. William World. Sorry. And then there, and if we, it wasn't dark, we could go to William World, the garden. The garden. And there's a little, yeah, a little mini kind of yes. outdoor part outside. Beautiful. And uh, so this is kind of in in uh, William's and Tommy's practice room. 
We take turns. In the basement. So when we realized we were going to start rehearsing, mm -hmm. um, William World already existed and had a name. In fact, when we went house hunting to buy this house, my wife told the realtor, said, we need four bedrooms and a William World. Oh. <laughs> and, and the realtor was, what does that mean? I said, well... He's and then you said, if you don't know what that means, then we need another realtor. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But she found us something with a William World. But Tommy has a comparable environment, but I said, it needs a name. Uh, okay. Uh, so, thus, Terra Tommy. Oh. And uh, Terra actually goes with my geography also. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. perfect. And and I'm an earth scientist, as it were. It also sounds kind of southern, because wasn't that what the name of the home was and Gone with the Wind. True. Terra. Yeah. Oh. Different, slightly different spelling. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe you should move yeah. over and you can be Scarlet. <laughs> I can be Scarlet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's another day and I'll never go hungry again. I don't give a damn about that. <laughs> well, uh, we got okay. our whiskey, Thank right? Thank you, my dear. <laughs> Actually, I learned a lot. There was one summer and I was in late college, maybe it was the summer after I graduated, but back when people still read books, I was reading books. And uh, I went to my mom books. and I said, I got nothing to read, I'm kind of bored. She said, have you ever read Gone with the Wind? And I was like, uh -huh. oh please, sounds boring. She's yeah. like, you know, it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. So I read it and I, it was really good. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. really good. And um, But I learned a lot about relationships because I was dating a girl at the time that was kind of like the Scarlet Ashley thing. But as we all know, it was supposed to be Scarlet Rhett all along because you need to be somebody that, with somebody that you're kind of a lot alike, um. a lot different, even though opposites tracked. Mm. And that was kind of the end of the relationship mm. with me and Jeannie Lewis was gone with the wind. Sorry, Jeannie. Did you find your Scarlet after that? Well, Debbie's pretty fiery. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> See, so yeah, I have to read it because that's not you're not the first one to, to talk about that book. It's, it's like a good book. Um, Especially tell, being in Georgia. In Georgia, right, come on, come on. Tell me about Louisiana Truck Stop. Louisiana Truck Stop um, is the name of the first barbecue record. And barbecue started... Oh, it's a song that you did with barbecue. This. Ah. And it keeps getting revisited because okay. I like it. Barbecue started because Todd Nance and I wanted to start an NRBQ cover band. Mm-hmm. And when, they, when Panic was off the road, it'd be something that we'd pursue. So in the... Winter of 97, 97, 98, no, 96, 97. He was home for three months. I said, well, let's do, he, we were at the taco stand. I was like, well, let's finally do this. Let's have our NRBQ cover band. And he's like, well, do you know anybody else that's into it? And I said, well, how about John Neff and John Mills? So that became the core of barbecue. And then one night at practice, Mills had to go play a different show, and Crumpy was just hanging out drinking beer, so mm -hmm. we made him play bass. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden we had two bass players. So then I came up with the idea, well, one of them could just play rhythm guitar while the other one's playing bass. And mm -hmm. so that was the barbecue model. And in that little three-month stint, we had worked up, obviously, some NRBQ songs, a couple of my songs. And I thought, you know, I may never get a chance in, again in my life to have the drummer from Widespread Panic playing my song. Mm -hmm. So I paid Dave Barbie to bring the mobile recording unit to the practice space and record mm -hmm. us. Ah. Then Todd went off for eight months of touring, and then winter of 98 rolled around, and we reconvened and said, you know, that was kind of fun. Let's do it again. And then we said, you know, those recordings are okay, but let's start off, let's start over again in Chase Park over at Dave Barbie's studio. And that's how we started recording the album that became Louisiana Truck Stop. But I had that song, which even predates that, from the Hot Burrito days, oh, which goes back to the Rednecks Grease Deluxe days. 
because we had done it and then Redneck Hot Redneck Reef Deluxe fell apart, then the Hopperitas fell apart, but I still had these songs. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a good song, so I'll show it to the guys, and they liked it. But the origin of the song goes back to we had played in Texas a little tour, and we were driving back through Louisiana. And nothing, nothing extra special, we just stopped and probably just drove through it. On the night or two after I got back to Athens, I had insomnia and I was awake and I started, I had a dream about the chorus, that there was this fight in this truck stop in Louisiana, but everybody's kind of like, eh, the women fight all the time, you know? Yeah. You know what else do you do? Mm-hmm. And Joe Rowe, who had played dr- drums for us on that tour, was in the dream, and he was get, about to get, the bikers were about to hassle him, but he's so charming and kind of, they didn't get a rise out of him that he kind of diffused the tension. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the moment of that song, so the, the two parts of the song, and then I made up the rest, but uh, was from the dream that Joe Rowe diffused the bikers and the women were fighting. <laughs> so when Tommy and I started playing together, it occurred to me, A, that's a good song that doesn't get played a lot, and B, maybe we can make it different from all the ways it's been before. Because mm-hmm. I'm always obsessed with the Everly Brothers and the Beatles, and the way they sing in unison and then split into a harmony. And the B-52s are famous for doing that. Lots of bands are famous for doing it. But I thought that'd be a good vehicle for me and Tommy to sing in unison, and then when you get to various parts, jump it to harmony. That's, and that was cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I listened to this CD that Mr. George was talks. I imagine you, you two on tour, you know. On tour. On tour. Really? Yes. You know, st- yeah. Guys are touring, you're driving through Louisiana, you're eating some crappy food. Not Louisiana, you eat good food. That's, that's the rule, you got to eat good food in Louisiana. Louisiana, okay. Yeah. Well, Even at a truck stop. A truck stop, you know. No, you got to eat good food. I mean, it's, when I go to Louisiana, I have to look forward to the food, whether or not I actually mm. eat there or not. I've been to at least one or two truck stops. Well, I mean, it's not uniformly good, yeah. I guess. It's like you, you can get brain. Based on the, maybe my memories, uh, based, on the, <laughs> based on the truck stops I ate at, well, okay, yeah, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> so that song, I don't write a lot of songs, so when I find one that I think mm-hmm. is okay, mm-hmm. and other people have said, hey, that's okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe I'm not totally deluded, or, or at least keep yeah. forcing the same bad songs on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that one's gotten some traction over the years, but I think Tommy and I can do something interesting with it that hadn't been done before. Yeah. However, we rarely play it live mm-hmm. because it's so slow. It is a slow one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah a mood. it's long too. It's, it's, it's a mo- it's a it's kind of a mood song that you yeah. might might not even you know yeah you it, might zone in and out of. But it's but it, what it, it's usually it, an invitation for people to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel free to talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna play this song. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I want <laughs> how to lose the crowd. You know. <laughs> I want to, now that I've got some better technology, this is a really good camera, I want to do another video of you guys. Okay. And uh, I want to, the one that, the song that caught my attention was the Don't Jump the Gun song. Okay. Because it's so jazzy and peppy, but also, I don't know, it's actually folky. Kind of folky. At the same time, it's like folky and lovable, and, but it has a very jazz, jazz feeling to it. Tommy did go to college for jazz guitar. Yeah, one of the things I did when I was, when I was in Boston or Cambridge was I went to jazz school for a while, studied jazz guitar for about maybe two years, year and a half, two years, something like that, and uh, and so I learned all these really cool chords, and at the same time I was listening to uh, Dan Dan Hicks, (laughs) Dan (laughs) Dan Hicks and his hot licks, and um, Someone suggested him to me, and it, it never 
it never took, but I never forgot the name. Well, you know? they were really good. They were really good. And uh, but I so but what that got me listening to was was kind of swing stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the chords I was the music I was learning didn't have to be swing. It could have been bebop or whatever. They were you know just interesting jazz inversions on the guitar, mm-hmm. which I still use. Every single time I play the guitar, it was a really useful year and a half of uh, guitar lessons. <laughs> and um, but I wrote a bunch of those kind of swingy songs, and I and some friends of mine who were other in other bands up there did them, and they you know put would put them on. They actually had some on other people's records. William, see, see, you're published. What? I'm published. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never told. I never admitted that before, but it's true. But it's uh, but this is one that like the Cars and Aerosmith and other bands. Just like those bands. Yeah, <laughs> just like those bands. Actually, it was a it was a two two women a duo named. Jaden Sasparilla. Hey. And I have no idea what happened to them, but they're no longer called that, who, wherever they are. Two Jills and a John? Just two Jills. Oh. <laughs> but But anyway, but they were good. She played piano and they both sang and they were really good. But um, I don't remember which one was Jaden or which one was Sasparilla, but they were my roommates for a while. So that's all, you know, so anyway, so I just started writing that song. You know, I wrote a bunch of songs like that. I was in a little trio of uh, two guitar players and three singers, and uh, me and the other guitar player, whose name was Doug Miles, who lives in Macon now, would just write songs back and forth, uh-huh. you know, and uh, and then we'd, we'd play them. And, uh, and so that was one of them that came out of that period of time. That is, it's a, it's a fun, beautiful little fun story. It is funny, and we were talking about songs when we first started playing, and, you know, I had a couple songs, and we were learning a a lot of covers that we kind of both knew. I asked him to play an original, and he broke that out. He said, well, I don't think this really fits us, but I was like, who cares? It's Mm -hmm. great. And now just slow it way down and teach me these chords. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even like when I'm listening to it, I'm like... What did he say? I know what he meant to say. I didn't hear, you know, at least once or twice I heard you guys do it live. And I'm like, you're doing that live and drinking beer. <laughs> you know, Somehow it, it works. Somehow oh, yeah, it works. very impressive. Yeah, well, that, 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 that's the happy place, you know, yeah, when you yeah. can have the beer and feel comfortable but still yeah. be able to play that song. Well, the, right, trick, the trick is to have it at the right tempo. Not too fast. I was telling him about the Mark mm. Cooper Smith uh, trick, but you could elaborate for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, mm. the Mark, Mark Cooper Smith is a drummer that we love and play with whenever we can. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a drummer for the Squalls, and he's he, he owned is it Full Moon Studio? Full Moon Studio. And okay. Good yeah. good friend, and, uh, and I'm going to play with him tomorrow. In fact, but um, he says, well, take the take the the, the line that has the most complex lyrics and rhythm. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to get the tempo right, yeah, take the line that has the most co- complex lyrics and rhythm, and sing that at a rhythm at a reasonable speed, right, and then right. use that as your tempo. Exactly. So instead of going ba ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da, we went ba ba da ba da ba da. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it really works. And so every time, every night before we start to play that, I I sing 
a couple of times you played at the glamp game, and we and I yeah, which yeah, which is the most complicated line, right? Which is that wait, so is. which that's the one? Yeah, a couple well, of times you played at the game, your flower withered and faded, as if the words you said had never existed at all. <laughs> yeah. And then you went on to sing some more songs and make it with the media, but now that you made it, you hate it. But what can you do? <sighs> <laughs> and I thought he was singing about the Tyler Perry character, Medea. <laughs> so I was confused. I had to ask, literally. I said, what's that word? He said, no, media. Media. Right? Make it with the media. Make yeah. it with the media. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so because that's no what Tyler I thought Probably it'll still, it'll still sound fast because you still, like, some of the, you're, like, your brain is, like, skipping over words sometimes and processing it mostly and figuring it out. But now if you give them... Uh, that the lyrics in a in a in a pace where it can actually be absorbed, then you're getting all the all the pictures in your head like. It's a know. really it's a precursor to rap, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You, you may have invented. It. You <laughs> can claim that yeah. you and um, um, Grand, uh, Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. You and Blondie and uh, or um, uh, I, I I Sugar Hill gang doesn't don't they get some credit? Yeah, but I think Grandmaster Flash was like the first. Really, he was ground zero, and then Sugar Hill had the first hit. Yeah, the Rapture. Ra- Raptors to Light, Rappers to Light, and Rapture was about the same time too. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of rap happening, and I, I think it's all very interesting. Um, Actually, it's not like guitar player interesting, but it's still yeah, I completely it's, missed it. Myself. That's funny. We're, we're, but that's funny. Yeah, was it wasn't. We we got almost kind of off topic, but this we can you know just so you know we can talk about anything you know. It's a wild world inside. Okay, we're, we're going to move on the limit, to... Inside the limitations of limited perspective. We can talk about rap. But I just want to make a personal comment. is People have been reciting things to rhythm for a long time. As long as they can Almost every grunt. culture yeah. in, in some kind of way, you know, and using timing and, and, and rhythm to... For emphasis and, and and telling their keep, keeping their stories alive, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Aristotle was a rapper in some, yeah. <laughs> in some respect. <laughs> Probably, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, you know, anybody who's good at oration, yeah, knows cadence, knows things like that. They've just gotten so clever and so interesting. And then you know, tying, you know, pulling beats and all those things that they are are interesting at manipulating, taking the one. <laughs> little snippet of mm-hmm. a James Brown song. Mm-hmm. In fact, towards the end of James Brown's life, he had an assistant whose job, full-time job, was to do nothing but monitor public popular music to find out who was sampling James was Brown sam- music that right? so that they could go after him and get money. Yeah, really? it, yeah, yeah. James didn't want, was not warm to that notion. He was not cool with people just appropriating his work. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, and you know, at the same time, I get that. Yeah, it's his creative work. Yeah, yeah. but it, you know, it's a and it, and but also, I think, uh, I think the am I wrong? The Beastie Boys early on were not put software in their CDs so that certain things couldn't be shared or maybe recorded. so. You know, one of the if you've it, ever watched the Steely Dan making of Asia. Uh-huh show and it's on YouTube but it's fantastic they go through this Asia track by track and you know it's Becker and Fagan and they're so oh, caustic and they're yeah, so yeah. funny but there's um, the beginning of Black Cow that boom 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 boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. it got sampled for a, a rap hit mm-hmm. and, and it has them singing the rap hit you know, in the studio uh-huh. while they're listening to Black Cow or talking about, you know, yeah. and, and they're like, did we get paid for that? It's like, oh, we got paid. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> and, and I don't know how they do it, but they just isolated the drum track because mm-hmm. all they wanted was that drum loop mm-hmm. of four seconds of Steve Gadd going that, that beat, mm-hmm. and, that, and some other rapper had a huge hit with it. Mm-hmm. No, I th- I think that way. I put the uh, oh, which I don't know, one of the Led Zeppelin CDs in there. But I'm like, there's some. I want to do something with all the podcasts I'm listening to, and and uh, John Bonham's such a good drummer. It's like the way they do that. Their songs, like some of the, some of the drums, like tut tut tut, you know, and that the drum bits are actually isolated from the rest of the sound. You just need to grab that little bit out, mm-hmm. and then find a way to and, loop it. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's which I can do with GarageBand, and you just take that little bit out and put it because it's a little introduction to whatever other sound bite you want to add in. And then when you get to your next climax, you can throw your your favorite bit in. Yeah, and I think. There's a seven second. If it's under seven seconds, it's free game. It's ah. free territory. Oh, that's like oh, for legal purposes. Yeah. Okay. But look into that. Don't don't. I know. <laughs> I know. Call yeah, call call, 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 call Michael Cohen if you need legal advice. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I will not be calling. You could be him. the fourth client. Yeah, for one probably couldn't afford him, and second, he's probably not available. And. Yeah, exactly. He's almost not a lawyer. He's just a fixer. He, yeah, he literally like his his two other clients. He pays off people who had sex with the, his clients to please don't tell. Sean Hannity. So Sean is just a third guy that also needs. To I, I might have given him ten bucks or something. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. For some real estate advice. No. Oh, it's no, coming did out. Not. The shit's you, gonna hit yeah. the fan. It's like at the very least. He's Trump's paying him to shape the quote unquote news, you know. I don't usually drink. I'm supposed to be the, the alert one. You're, you're the grown up here. That make that remind me of a story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, let's see. Um, 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 but so I want. So I got. I we got could talk about when you and I met. That's a, something you probably uh, want to share with the, with yes. the world. No, it's not. But no, but we but the, we met in a. But we did meet because this, it, because of your brother. Met because of my brother, but it, it's also the the exact moment is is a mystery to me. Oh, I know exactly where it was. Really? Because I know, I know, I, kn- I always knew I knew you, mm-hmm. and I knew of you, and Brian. What I think early on in the sunspots, he's like, oh, my friend William, he's in, he does all, he's in, he's an encyclopedia about music history, of all, you know. Like, yeah, I really, he's boring, and, you know. Yeah, no, but no, I was, a, but I'm like, I'm also kind of like, uh, I'm kind of uh, smug and jealous and egotistical, so I was like, well, you know, yeah, but who's, uh, who's, yeah, who's like, this guy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I knew that he, you know it was. He, I loved the, the band and I loved the recordings that you guys made. And I need to let you do that. There goes my girl. Should have been a hit. Yeah, that was a great was a song. Byron wrote, and it was like this, this perfect pop song. Really? And it was just perfect. Perfect. Yeah, lovable, easy listening, and a little kinda, spicy. Kind of edgy. At the yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should learn it and make it into a hit, like so many of our songs. You should. It's you, true. We do. You should. We do get a lot of traction on the radio. But yeah, we should. We should I'd be. I'd love to resurrect. There goes my girl. Mm-hmm. There. So that if nothing else, what comes of yeah. this podcast is, there goes my girl comes back into the yeah. world of um, coffee shops yeah. and bistros and and you live music. And live you should music. do it before um, 
before uh, marijuana is legal everywhere because it's that's, that's kind of the provocative line is with the the hit off the the bong line. Yeah, because it is it's taboo. Yeah, at the time it was yeah it was Ooh, a lot more yeah. taboo. You know, yeah. there's a line. Uh, I, I'll take a hit off the bong and I pray it won't be pray long. It won't be long. And it's the waiting for the call from the girl. Uh, yeah, and then it sets up the expansive "I'm in love" chorus. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I have a feeling we got. We've got a little time before we have to worry about it in Georgia. Yes. But, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Which is good for us, I guess, if we're going to do this song. Yeah. yeah. we got yeah. time to really get a good Maybe version. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we don't have to rush it. Yeah. Although, they legalized the oil, right, for medical I treatments. I think it's all signed off. And that's actually a pretty big step. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, and, and Governor Deal made my insurance company talk to the big hospital provider, too, so they worked out a deal today. Mm. I know. I, I wasn't expecting Governor Deal to do anything that I liked. A deal with the... things that I like. Oh, I'm crazy. Yeah. Deal, wait. So Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Piedmont are now talking again uh, and have a three-year deal worked out. Good. Yes. Because one thing that... First of all, I could get all extreme little AF, but just in a very simple... From a very simple perspective... You've got grown-ups working for this company and grown-ups working for this company. Yeah. Have a grown-up conversation and make it work and don't cause any stress among the... For the other 500,000 people. The that customers, not the, not the shareholders. shareholders. I'm sorry. Uh, the stock market is gambling. It's not a guarantee. Do, do what's right for your customers. And you shouldn't cause them any stress wondering about whether or not they're going to work it out. You know? Grr. <laughs> for for three years. Good. Well, good. Govern, governor Deal. Yeah, that's a good. Good. I still will probably vote for Stacey Abrams, but but um, thank you, sir. Yeah. And he approved the cannabis oil, too. So, mm. so he's a good guy. <clears throat> on a couple of, well, <laughs> he's not an awful guy. How about that? Which is more than I thought I'd say about him. Well, he's got a, he has a heart. He doesn't look like a human does, being. No, he does. <laughs> I haven't seen you. I don't have a picture of him. It looks very it. sour. Um, so you have to listen to all of this and pick out the interesting I, parts. Yeah, I am. My, my job is because I'm... And you, a do lot you bookmark it while it's going through and occasionally put an asterisk? Like, oh, that was good, so you can find things quickly? Well, no, what, I'll, what my process is, is I'm going to listen to the whole thing, and when there's, like, uh, spaces for me sounding like an idiot, I cut that Head part down. out. And the, yeah. <laughs> Leave everything else in. Exactly, exactly. So you sound article. like an idiot, that's okay. That's, that's, it's that's, it's that's entertaining to me yeah. that I get it. That's part of the charm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, if there's a long pause, then I, I, I cut it out and, and try to make it, Go, happen, happen better and sound better. But, but yeah, you don't want a two-hour conversation. You want it down to thirty-four minutes or something. Exactly, exactly. So, it, but if it is two hours and it's fascinating, we'll we'll keep it. Where's my little? He doesn't have to worry about commercial breaks. We're at forty-five. Uh, like I said, true. Or forty-five. Minutes. Yeah. You don't. No. Um, no. I saw the one for Cortez today was hour and ten minutes or something like that. Ah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I didn't listen. Did you listen to it all? No, I didn't. But. Mm -hmm. I listened to like fifty minutes of it, mm -hmm. you know, and then I had then something happened. So and did I you just, know? I just didn't get back to it. I yeah, told William I play on that record, by the way. Ah, cool. Just tie things together. Cool, dude. His but, latest one? Yeah. Oh, I think awesome. I'm ninety nine percent sure it's the one that just came out. Yeah, cool. 
Well, yeah, I was just telling... What was I telling you, William? Oh, that when I recorded Cortez, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> I I um didn't have my I had pl- I had my laptop plugged into a power strip. The power strip was off, mm. and so I'm drinking coffee, eating muffins, and you know having a relatively spontaneous conversation with. <laughs> and at some point, I noticed that there's no that there's no power in the laptop. Everything was lost on that recording. So. And I had had a problem, a problem in the parking lot with another driver that, because I appeared to have taken her spot that she thought she was going to have, and... Did you make her cry? No, I I made her pissed, and I tried (laughs) to explain, and she stayed pissed, so I was like, you know what? Also, I'm hungover, and I need to be parked close, and I have an appointment, so... I'll give you the hand, and I did, and I, so it was. But it was uncomfortable because she was also going in her shots, and uh, so she's sitting there glaring at you while you're. I tried to make it better. I felt guilty, you know, and you know, but whatever. It was unhappy, so I wasn't thinking clearly because I was like, you know, I, I verklempt. You were shaking. <laughs> verklempt. Yeah. I was like, I because I, I I do like to think of myself as the you know relatively easygoing, considerate guy. But I wasn't feeling that way that day, and I wasn't. It was the exception that proved yeah. the rule. Yeah, I was like managing anger and embarrassment at the same time. And anyway, whatever. Main problem was I didn't have power to my laptop and lost the first, basically probably an hour with Cortez. <laughs> Talked him into doing, doing it again. again. Yeah. And uh, so we. There's some recordings from the camera from the first one. But it's not as good as the, you know. There's too much background stuff. So hey, so but yeah. So that but that was a good talk. That was good, good, good talk with him. That you know, there's more. Almost with everyone I talk to, I I, I envision the next uh, the next interview after you know. So, so who's next? Who's next? Who are you thinking about oh, now? While we're um, while we're yeah. So because uh, we could talk. I about, have we could talk I have about talked them. to I have talked to Jill Carnes about a possible interview. I talked to a woman who. Had a, a bicycle banner advertising company called Pedal Promotion, Gretchen Waters, and her. She's she, and she also does uh, does the um, the kind of as close as possible to off the grid type of living. Her and her husband. She she recently she's just got hit by a car on her bike a couple of months ago. She's alive. She lived, but it was tragic. So. Yikes. But she's uh, an interesting person and uh, and a, a motivated individual. And her husband does solar power. I think it's he drives some biodiesel. Yes. Drew Bowen. No, not Drew. Oh, not Drew. No, this is uh, probably a, that's the only so- solar guy. His name is yeah. I said yes because I do know Drew, but I his his name is Cole. I I know this is not good. Not remembering people's names, but Marcy. <laughs> White. I wanted to talk to her. She's she does that story, the Athens storytelling. Oh, the, the rabbit box. Rabbit, rabbit box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want to go. To, have not been to that, but we'd like to. And I would wish. I wish they'd make that a podcast. So it's perfect for a mm-hmm. podcast. Who else have I talked to? I, well, I'm trying to think of people I suggested it to, and you know, said, you know, nibbled at it. Nibbled, yeah, and they. So they're 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 up for it. I just oh, I'm gonna. T- there's I got a whole list of names. I got a hold of it. Athens is full of... It's full of fascinating people. I I wrote a list with my wife when I got the notion that I was going to do it. 
And one of the names on there was Jeremy Ayers. Oh, yeah. And uh, really, like, a day or two after I wrote that on there, he passed away. Oh, too bad. Yeah. And that's, I guess, that's one of the things that kicked me in the ass and said, you know what, you better start (laughs) doing the podcast because you don't know what's going to happen. He worked with me at the El Dorado, too. Yeah? I, yeah. And he wor- I worked with him. He was the king of the grit, but I worked at the grit for a while. And uh-huh. Jeremy was you know, the prince of the design. Yeah, yeah he was charming. Perfect. Brilliant. All I, mean, I barely knew him, really, but I ended up as Facebook friends with him. You know, it was, So what? Well, while we were on Jeremy, why don't you guys tell about working with him and your different experiences? Well, I, don't, I don't really have a story with him. I just knew him for a long time, but mm-hmm. didn't know him well. No. Mm-hmm. I just knew him. He was just... Funny and smart and nice in a restaurant environment, which mm-hmm. is hard, you know, to be the cheerful person. That's <laughs> true. But I was kind of aware of his history in the music scene. He played mm-hmm. in a band. Was he in Limbo District? But he was part of the early scene, and he and Michael Stipe were, were great friends. And he had a lot to do with kind of the stylings of early REM. You know, like mm-hmm. Jeremy was Jeremy was like the fashion plate of Athens for a while, mm-hmm. and ended up co-writing lyrics for Old Man Kenzie, I think, mm-hmm. and. Um, just you know, had involvement all the, all those times, but then I also got to know him because he loved the botanical garden. So I'd see him out there all the time, either hiking mm. by himself or with his dad, Bob Ayers. Mm. And Bob Ayers was chairman of the religion department at UGA, and mm. not because he was a particularly religious person, he was actually a, a pretty much a firebrand. And we reconnected when Jeremy's mom, Bob's wife, died, and they rented the botanical gardens for the memorial service. So I didn't know who Bob Ayers was, except it sounded familiar. But in meeting them to set up this memorial service, here's Jeremy, and I'm like, oh, and we knew each other. So we're like, oh, so you know, it made it a much more family affair. And then Bob, Dr. Bob, donated money for the children's garden to build the theater in the woods. So there's now an outdoor amphitheater over near the original building, not the big outdoor place where we do sunflower concerts in the flower garden, but at the original building, now there's an amphitheater out there, and he donated the money when he was 96 years old. And he said, you know, I'd really like to see it. So before they broke ground on the main part of the children's garden, they went ahead and completed the amphitheater so that Bob could see his dedication to, I think it's Mary Frances Harris was, was her name. And uh, yeah, I, pl- I think I played the inaugural concert there with the Athens Ukulele Philharmonic mm-hmm. Society. Cool. But Bob was there dancing in the front row and um, 97 years old wow. and sharp as a tack, for, especially for being 97. Yeah, yeah. But he died last year, so I think he made it almost to 100. Mm. And, uh, but quite a character and, and Jeremy died before he did because he spoke at Jeremy's funeral and uh, that's got to be a weird thing it's yeah. be hard to, to yeah, die before your kid yeah. Yeah. especially when you're 99 yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. come on that's yeah. what you expect yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I did want to ask you guys, do you guys want to talk about your kids because I know you're both, you're both parents yeah, I like we like our kids you like them you <laughs> yeah no. like, sum that up yeah. okay good uh, <laughs> Actually, it, it was kids that brought us together because yeah. my son Ben was a Cub Scout and at fifth grade you kind of finished Cub Scouts and he was going into middle school and there was no feeder troop that the Cub Scouts would ultimately move into and uh, a mutual friend said, well, you should check out Tommy Jordan's troop, Troop 1111. Uh, they're kind of yeah. they're kind of different from most Boy Scout troops, you know. And so we went over there and all the kids seemed to be like the kids that laugh at Monty Python movies. And, <laughs> and they liked Ultimate Frisbee more than they liked 
football. Football. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Tommy explained that 1111's modus operandi for mm-hmm. campouts was like, well, we want to go someplace interesting and pretty and camp and learn about, you know, setting up tents and building fires. But we want to see how well we can eat there and can we play music while we're there. And I was like, I like both of those things. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, Boy Scouts have got their kind of their their regular uniform that you always picture, but they also have what they call their Class B uniforms, which is basically a T-shirt with something on it. Uh-huh. And so our T-shirts were always tie-dyed T-shirts, and they were tie-dyed by Jeff Hannon, who uh-huh. uh, has I think he's told me he's tie-dyed over a million shirts, but he does the Human Rights Festival shirts, and he yeah. does makes the shirts for the North Georgia Folk Festival and for a lot of other things too. But we just we would give him uh, a couple of colors the kids would give him some colors and, and he would design a tie-dye and we had a different different tie-dye every year oh, and it was really yeah. I would have liked gave us our kind of our look which was good yeah so you'd go to summer camp and all the other troops had these uniform kind mm-hmm. of normal almost some militaristic be prepared yeah <laughs> t-shirt some of them came up but like you know bordering just real alt-right mm-hmm. kind of yeah. stuff and Here's 1111, and everybody's got a different tie-dye, and half the kids have long hair, and there's guitars all over the campsites, <laughs> and fiddles, and mandolins, and um, upright bass. We yeah, camp nah. with an up, we camp with an upright bass. <laughs> I would like that too. Yeah. I, I, I felt I felt at home, and Ben felt at home, so he stayed with it the whole time, made it all the way to Eagle. But Tommy and I, I started going on some campouts, um, you know, wanting to see what Ben was up to. And uh, so I'd bring a guitar, and Tommy would bring a guitar, and while the kids are out cavorting, building mm-hmm. rafts, or um, <laughs> playing flashlight tag, or just, you know, running around, we'd just sit there and play guitar. It's kind of fun. That's Actually, it was a lot of fun. And then I guess it was in an overnight that we hit a new level of kind of, because we were stuck together for 12 hours, <laughs> while the kids did this thing at a camp at overnight taking care of animals, so we had to stay awake till like 4 in the morning. Good and, Lord. And uh, we had plenty of time to play. Like, <laughs> I think that's was that the was occasion the that, that we said, we should try doing this in a club. Let's, <laughs> let's go see if anybody else likes this <laughs> stuff as much as we do. like had like, uh, kind of like... Uh, two in the morning delirium. Band, boot camp, sleep deprivation... Uh, and endurance training. Yeah. <laughs> and then our first gig was at uh, Viva Argentina over in, on the east side, right? And that wasn't that the first was time it we the played first? again? Maybe so. It was certainly... It was one of the first. Yeah, I know we played Hendershots when it was on Tallahassee pretty early. Yeah. Mm. But maybe Viva was the first. I think, well, that's what I think. Because they used to Viva before they moved to the Bottle Works were on the east yeah. side in the old taco stand location, mm-hmm. and they would that's have right. bands once a month. So we did that, and, you know, I don't know. 15, 20 people came and listened. The whole Bloodkin band came. Even if they weren't entertained, we were. So. Uh, Tommy, so, tell me about the North Georgia Folk Festival. All right, well, North Georgia Folk Festival this year is its 34th year, I think. And uh, it's uh, a one-day festival. focuses on folk music and folk related music, you know, a kind of folk music in all its forms, whether it's Irish or bluegrass or old time or singer-songwriter or whatever. But you could do a Louis Armstrong um, thing, you know, the famous... You could, except for, well, if it was a band from, from North Georgia. We What we like to do is focus on styles mm-hmm. that 
are from kind of the North Georgia, kind of South Carolina, Atlanta, endemic thing. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but then that. if we do Irish, you know, where's that from? I guess you get an Irish band from Clemson, South mm-hmm. Carolina, and it counts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got um, a lot of Irish but you descendants. Know, but, but, but you know the famous Louis Armstrong quote? It's like all music's folk music. All I ain't, folk. ain't never seen no horse play of music. That's, playing right. Music. That's right. <laughs> folk. That's right. That's true. But, uh, but yeah. So, but I've been the director for, I think this is my 11th year, 10th or 11th year doing it, and uh, it's usually fun. We get a thousand people out at Sandy Creek Park for a day-long concert with 10 or 12 bands. Uh, Cortez, uh, we were talking about earlier, the last few years has put together a kind of a songwriter, singer-songwriter thing, event mm-hmm. at a side stage at a campfire circle. and. Mm-hmm. And that's been great. And um, well, actually, the first time you and I played in front of people was that is the first time we played in front of people was at the North Georgia Folk. I hired yeah. William to play at the Folk Festival, and he says, "Well, I can't play by myself. You have to play <laughs> with me." And so I played, you know, maybe half the set, mm-hmm. and that was the first. That was our first mm-hmm. first gig on the big stage on the big stage the big using stage. this amplifier as a matter of fact yeah uh, a big gun oh shy not, no I can't play by myself you can play by yourself yeah he could but he liked you know we, at that I like, I like company yeah, yeah. At that, we, we, yeah I we can understand it, yeah and, and, and singing harmony vocals by yourself Impossible. Uh, Unless you get one of those vocal processors like that dude the other night had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of. It was it's interesting. It's not the same, but but it was different. It was so it but, made an effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had asked about our kids too. I, yeah, I just yeah. want to mention that both both of my boys are musicians. Ah. Uh, Charles is almost thirty now, and and Ben is twenty eight, and they're both good musicians. Uh, ben actually is a professional musician in town, plays uh, bass with. Um, the Jerry Garcia uh, band cover band JGBCB huh. and uh, and I play in his band uh, Minglewood called Minglewood uh, on Monday the last the fourth Monday night of every month at the Nowhere Bar okay. it's a Grateful Dead cover band yeah, so I get fun. to do the Bobby part and uh, which means no leads just <laughs> just rhythm thank you very much and uh, but he and he plays with another band called Tulula George but he's he's been you know he's Trying to make trying to make a living as a musician and an artist, and uh, it's a tough life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a... And uh, but but they're both in Boy Scouts. They were both Eagle Scouts, and you know they kind of they're you know they're good good people. I would they're you know both of both of our yeah. all of, all four of our kids, four kids are, are are good. They're nice people. Their friends like them. They're, uh-huh. they're smart people. <laughs> uh, no, and and you know you run into them. I run into people on the street, and they go, "Oh, you're Ben's dad. I like Ben," you uh-huh. know, or something like that. And more than anything else, I think yeah, that's, that's success. You know, that's the success right there. Right. You know, if your people, if your kids grow up to be nice, courteous people who have friends, and you hear about it because they don't have to say it. that, do right? You? They, they don't, don't have, have to yeah. say about it. I think that you know, I think that's a good thing. I think yeah, that you're, yeah, you know. Everything else kind of pales. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as important. And, so, <laughs> and I think that all four of our collective kids are, are those kind of people. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because I was thinking about it. 
all four of our kids do play music too. Mm-hmm. Um, my son Ben plays guitar a little bit and has joined us on stage. My daughter ah. Sarah um, plays flute and now has a guitar. Oh, She's playing yeah. at it. And it's blue. And it's blue. It's oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. With, a, with an electric guitar headstock. It's this cool <laughs> Fender guitar. But she also plays flute in the Georgia Tech marching band. Yeah. So she actually plays in the biggest band of anybody I know. <laughs> in front of the biggest crowds. Yeah, I mean, that's true. My daughter's right. played in front of tens of thousands of people. Probably. Yeah. Probably like 60 or 70 tens of thousands. Yeah. Not 60,000, not 60, 10,000, but 60,000 or 70,000. Did she play at Georgia when they played Georgia? Did they play here? So that was 90,000. Yeah, she played in front of 90,000. She's doing stadium shows, dude. (laughs) (laughs) She is totally doing, like every fall is a stadium tour for her. (laughs) And they treat them like, and they're rock stars too. If you're a Division I marching band, you know, they get cool uniforms and free stuff. They travel by planes and cool buses. Yeah, she's... Um, yeah. Getting our done, but anyway, and and they like music. <laughs> you know, they they we I get the phone call. Hey, have you heard so and so's got a new album out? And this is really cool. Like uh, my son Ben, uh, was, there's a new album of uh, Elton John cover songs done by today's country artists. Mm-hmm. And some of them aren't so good, but some of them are fantastic. Little Big Town, who I don't, you know, I wouldn't buy their records, but they do a version of Rocket Man. It's incredible, mm. and. Um, Chris Stapleton does a fantastic song called I Need Love. Anyway, mm. it's nice when your kid calls you and says, hey, have you heard this record? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. that means like that, they, that. Yeah, that you're getting like, they're into what you're into mm. and they're not just like, it's they're calling of, you in more of a friend way rather than a dad. Yeah, that's right. It's dad. kind of another level yeah. of a relationship, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, something we can share that yeah. we do both care about. Mm-hmm. You know? I know one question slipped my mind that maybe it'll come back, but... uh Okay, here's here's a question. Uh, I know you both have favorite guitarists because guitar work is something that is clearly noticeable on your Mr. Jordan, Mr. Tom CDs. It's, well, you know, thank you. We your, we, your we, we like it. we like playing guitar. We yeah. do. <laughs> we do. We both think of ourselves first as guitarists, mm-hmm. second as singers, second probably. Singers, but yeah. I think. But you also both actually do write songs. It's not, I mean, you should, you know, whether you place uh, importance on that, it's, it's significant. It's not nothing. Well, we, you know? we, when we came back, we played at the Bluebird in Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, what was it, a month ago or a month and a half? Sometime, mm-hmm. not very long ago. But that's a singer-songwriter place like like ground zero ground zero oh, okay. for singer songwriters okay. and we were kind of in a round with three other really really good songwriters oh, and, uh-huh. and we we held our own i think we did we did fine certainly we with our guitar playing and our harmonies mm-hmm. musically it was strong and our songs were good too but we only had to play five of them mm-hmm. and i don't know how many original songs we've got total but we only play one of mine and mm-hmm. uh half a dozen of yours or maybe more than that I'm not I don't know I've never counted them but but one of the things we did come away with was we need to try to spend more time writing songs because mm-hmm. it does seem to be an important thing and you don't have to apologize you know and you don't we don't apologize for anything we play mm-hmm. but you know it's a, but you do have to say well this is a song that was you know by Steely Dan right you know as opposed to uh 
the classic, this is a song I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't really do either. Yeah. But it's but it's but it's cooler to play your own stuff, I mm-hmm. think, than someone else's. No matter how well you play the other person, mm-hmm. the other the other stuff. I mean would you yeah. And yes, unless you're really taking somebody else's song and putting a different spin on it. Yeah. Because um, you know that 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 gets some originality, and and when we play a cover song, we we never sit down with the record and try and ape it and mm-hmm. try and try to mirror the performance. We're, we're somewhere along the line, I learned if I know a cover song, it's best if when I'm teaching it to Tommy or you or whoever, you don't listen to the original. Mm-hmm. Right. Just filter it through the way I've interpreted it, mm-hmm. so that there's a disconnect already. Yeah. So whatever you come up with is going to be based on the harmonies. Not, the yeah. harmonies you come up with are the harmonies you hear, as opposed to the harmonies that were on the mm-hmm. record. Right. And that's really how we've done mm-hmm. most of the songs that we yeah. that we learn. Yeah. If I bring a song, he doesn't listen to it except for just out of my hands. Yeah. And and vice versa. And so that's kind of cool. So that does make. The music sound like us, as opposed yeah, to mm-hmm. somebody else, or like, so, like we're not trying to copy someone else. I've been in different situations, so we're we're working on a cover song with others, and somebody gets perturbed because it's not like the record, like the original, or yeah, they don't, yeah, yeah. you know, they don't like the version you're drawing from, and and it's it, it bogs a whole little. Practice session down. Well, that's when you get into the, the chemistry yeah. of something. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's you got to have that chemistry where you're both kind of bouncing off the same ideas mm-hmm. instead of not. Because yeah. if it's not happening, you know, you, that's that's something you can't manufacture later on. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's mm-hmm. not right there, right off the bat. Well, you always say that we're interpreters. Yes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry I missed your gig at the uh, Flickr bar. It was the it was best. Awesome. Was it? Yeah, no, it was really. We've <laughs> never. We. I don't think we've. I don't think we've ever played that well. <laughs> it, it was probably like a new height for musicality in Georgia. Really? Yeah. Actually, but it was fun. It was fun. I wanted to Flickr, be there. I wanted Flickr, to bring my so, camera and, and take pictures. Well, you would have been one of the three people in the audience who was not in another band really? playing that night. There were four bands playing that night. Uh, <laughs> so, so there were people in the audience, mm-hmm. but it was people that had to be there, yeah. um, except for our friend Jordan Ream, who uh, filmed us. And I was telling you about that. Okay, the, you got to film the, anyway. The short yeah. film, but Flickr is so good looking. It was a footage, nice room. Yeah. The footage she got looks great. You mm-hmm. know, if nothing else. And Frank Mason posted yeah. a video. It's just interesting to look at because there's so much color in, in the mm-hmm. room. So um, the stage was well, interestingly decorated too. It's got stuff up high and yeah. posters on the wall. Yeah. Next, yeah. In fact, next show we book, I want to go back there mm-hmm. and uh, book something in June. In fact, note to self: do that. Do it. Do it. But uh, it was fun. The cool th- one cool thing is we learned a nice lesson from the uh, the touring band that arranged the whole thing. Go here. This is killing radio interest, I know. But he says, this is our best side for radio. Yeah, exactly. um, well, I turned the camera on. The Kevin Daniel band from Brooklyn um, are touring. And this guy, you know, he's trying to make a career. And he's, he set up a show and he contacted mm-hmm. Americana bands to back him up. And, and we said, sure, it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But he said, at one point, he said, we have albums. They're on the back table. We have CDs. 
they're free. Help yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the days of people buying music, I think that ship has sailed. It's and, a different world, yeah. And uh, I, it sailed with my hopes of ever not having a day job along with it. <laughs> but he had records, and I was like, I've got a record player. I, I listen to him all the time. But look at this record that he makes. Ooh. It's turquoise. That's beautiful, yeah. Isn't that cool? It's so like Kevin Daniel, give him a shout out. Yeah. What's his name again? Say his name. Kevin Daniel. Kevin Daniel with a yes, beautiful two, two turquoise fir- record. Yes, from Brooklyn. From, from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, and it's a good record. It's kind of Americana, but a little quirky. And um, people grabbed all the albums before I could get my hands on one. But Tommy stayed long enough later than I did because Tommy's a night owl, mm-hmm. and um, got me one. So awesome. It's a good of you. Yeah, and so we. I left a stack of our records, our CDs there too, and you know. We had to give them away for free, too, but I forgot to pick up the extra ones that I uh, left there. Well, funny enough that you did that. Oh, really? um, I got got a text today. (laughs) (laughs) That is Um, funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just just to pull it all together. (laughs) So when I was talking about Louisiana Truck Shop and Mm -hmm. Joe Rowe, the drummer, who played in the Glands but toured with us in Redneck Grease Deluxe for that tour, sent me a text today saying he had picked up a copy of that and really enjoyed listening to the two by Mr. Jordan and Mr. Tonks. Okay. And where did he pick it up? At, at Flickr, Flickr from that table. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Beautiful. See? That's good. It, it worked yeah. out. Yeah. Um, Joe's... It, 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 if your listeners take one thing away from this interview, uh-huh. um, <laughs> tell them, go listen to the, the Galands. Mm-hmm. The best, one of the best albums ever to come out of Athens, Georgia. Um, which, oh which, which? Uh, it's album. called the Glands. The Glands. The Glands. It's their right. self-titled second album. They, the first album they released was just locally on, you know, handmade CDs, mm-hmm. and it was Double Thriller because mm-hmm. he was going to sell twice as many copies as Thriller. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, and that's that a, happened too, right? <laughs> no, but it's but it's. As good a record as Thriller, and mm-hmm. Thriller's great. Mm-hmm. But then they put out the Glands on Capricorn, and this is Ross Shapiro who was the guy mm-hmm. behind the Glands. And then they had recorded a third album as he was dying, and um, it never got released. But uh, I've, I've heard it, and it's fantastic, and it'll come out someday. But that album, the Glands, the Glands, which Joe is an in- integral part of, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the best things you'll ever ever hear. Yeah. So, all right, I want to hear that. Shout out to. Those guys. There, there's a. But speaking of records, there's a a uh, record pressing company in yes. town now. Kindercore. 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 Isn't right, that great? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. They, I they 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 tripled down, not even doubled down. They they went in big mm-hmm. to buy that equipment, and I think. Well, I hope it succeeds marvelously. I, something um, will happen because I mean, there's a. Um, Right, musicians that you think wouldn't have to tour are having to tour to survive, apparently, these days. But there's something, people love buying the vinyl. People love yep. getting the vinyl out. It's something you, know? you can touch, so that you can hold, and you look at, and you yeah. put the needle on it. And if you get it, and, and, and once you get into the audio quality, it is just better than mm-hmm. CDs, and if you, especially mm-hmm. if you have a really good sound, sound mm-hmm. system, which I don't. But it's just fun. But it's tangible. And, and it's the get, right size yeah. when you wanted to look at the... I just... Shit, I didn't read anything. I looked at album covers and looked at the pictures over and over. Right, right. And it was the right size. 
you know, is right. So you look at a CD booklet. You know, you got to get under the quite, light. Just if I, for, yeah, if I decide, to, like I like to read more as I get older. You know, and now, I, now everything's super small. Yeah, I bought this CD of the replacements, a reissue of Let It Be. Yeah, I had to get under just perfect light to read the liner notes. Yeah, but you know, the <laughs> pictures are great. But when I had the album, all you needed was that nice big picture. Of yeah, them sitting on a roof. Well, you can download the uh, the hour liner notes uh, from a, as a PDF. Really? <laughs> oh wait, we don't have liner notes. Well, well, that's true. But we need to write some liner. Let's write some liner notes and make, make a PDF some stories. About it. Yeah, and we can. And just to bring oh, it back yeah. to your brother, on that record is the song um, "Favorite Thing" with uh -huh. the Sunspots. He's oh, he's played the song. Okay, I'll have to. Um... The one that goes raindrops and roses. Oh, yes, that for praise is a good bear. I gotta take a, a bathroom break. Yeah, we should we'll play a song while we're gone. Yeah, oh, oh, good idea. Yeah, don't say anything interesting while I'm gone. We'll play, uh... Let's actually play Come On In, because I think that's something we should play. I'm ready. If I'm in tune.
actually, I can't believe you guys didn't even warm up. You just picked up the guitars. Wait a minute. Oh, here's a song. Oh, yeah. Is that a is that a um, original or is a or Willie Williams? That's an original. Beautiful. Yeah. That's called "Come On In." Come on in. That's it, it's the, it's the most. I was trying to rationalize the fact that it's the same words all the way through the song. <laughs> all three I, I just never could think of another second yeah. or third verse. Uh-huh. But I also thought it kind of sums up if you want to distill down what we want to present to people. Mm. Come on in. I dare you. I won't scare you. I believe I'll change your mind if you just listen to me. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. And I think simplicity is very important. It's It's not overrated. Right. You get... Get... Make it simple and then add your complexities as accents. No, but we, yeah. we that, that, and that's pretty simple. So yeah. I think. I think. <laughs> well, it's beautiful because you know I wanted to hear what you were saying because of the music. You know, it was it was engaging. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We we do we have fun playing that one. We do. Yeah. You know, we hadn't played it in a while. We were going to play it in Nashville, mm-hmm. but I was afraid it was not wordy enough for the no. wordsmiths that we were with. I mean, fear. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I guess I could. Understand being intimidated by it. Yeah, they, they, yeah it, was, it was also they were they were all. I mean, they were all really good, but they were really kind Store. of introspective, low key kind of you know. You know, or country flavored, or something like that. Yeah, and, and, and the story was the emphasis. The story was the mm-hmm. emphasis, and mm-hmm. this that when at some point we thought. Let's do something that's not quite that driving, that mm-hmm. rock. You know, it's it's fairly a raucous song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a really good drive to it. Mm-hmm. And with both of us playing essentially exactly the same guitar part through mm-hmm. the entire song. I mean, which is kind of cool, too. Because we're singing it in real tight parallel harmonies. Mm-hmm. Every word that we sing is in harmony. And the guitar parts are exactly... Together, they're exactly mm-hmm. the same, except for the solo section. There's a few places that are different, but but fundamentally, it's they're, they're really locked. It's in. really locked in, which is cool, you know, uh, because it's not even a simple guitar part. You know, simplicity is not overrated. It's true, but this is, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not a hard guitar part, but it's, and, and, it's, no. Well, I'm, we're trying to make as much sound as two people can make. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, by reinforcing the same thing at the same time. It sounds bigger. Exactly. That's the, the commitment to the, the it's got it's got a certain force to it. Mm-hmm. Because of what you, you oh, yeah, know, you're, we are committed to commit, that. Yeah, yeah. committing yeah. it to it, yeah. But you're right, you know, we didn't warm up. <laughs> <laughs> you well, got that one right. We, uh, well, we just we hadn't we hadn't played together in a week and uh, so just looked at each other, counted it off, one, two, three, four, go. <laughs> and it felt good. It's like, oh you know, it's See, like when you let your dog into the backyard and they get to run, it's like <laughs> Okay, you've got are you you're recording again, I heard. Believe yes, me. we have been record. saving our pennies uh-huh. and we have some new songs worked up that we want to record mm-hmm. and um, Larry mentioned wanting to make a new video and I thought well perfect timing yeah. we're going to have some new songs but um, that was one of them that was one yeah I love yeah. that I'll make two videos because I have to do Don't Jump the Gun yeah it's, 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 it's spoken to your creative heart yeah I, I put little pictures together and uh, but I, I don't want to reveal them on the podcast but I put something simple and fun together I think 
don't know. But tell me, but you're, you're recording, yeah. like... And it'll be in town, and we've, we've had good luck so far. And anytime you record, you learn, mm-hmm. and you become better because you've had to think about the music outside of just playing it. Mm-hmm. But I want to get it to a place where if Tiny Desk Concerts calls us up and says, hey, can you send us something representative so that we can yeah, have you yeah, come to yeah, Washington yeah. and play? Yeah, yeah. That we feel comfortable with what we're send, sending. And, and, you know, maybe we could cherry pick from the sessions we've done. But I want to keep working along those lines. So these sessions may be less elaborated by other musicians, more representative of just what we sound like, mm-hmm. just me and Tommy. Um, but at a sonic quality... Um, that you know, level. that NPR would play. Mm-hmm. I, that that's where I think we could find opportunity to play. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, if every college campus hires a Tiny Desk concert band to come play, you know, Tiny Desk that genre. You know, people that mm-hmm. play it, um, we can get some gigs and mm-hmm. do interesting things. I don't think either of us want to start off in the nightclubs again and try to build a career in the grassroots level. I don't think I want to do it and <laughs> I don't think it'd work and I don't think it'd work A because we don't want to do it Yeah, but, yeah. but B I don't think nightclubs are generally looking for 55 plus year old guys with two guitars to sing you know introspective songs with guitar solos mm-hmm. you know they, they want somebody with a laptop or mm-hmm. um, or a Georgia Florida line well maybe if you would just you know Wear some tighter pants and a, you know, like a. They'd remember that. They would remember it. Maybe not in a positive way, but but you, but you know too. I mean, I've been playing guitar for like I've been gigging now for fifty years, mm-hmm. and playing guitar longer than that, obviously. And William has been playing. I'm older than he is, so he hadn't been playing as long as me, but he's been playing out just as absolutely as much and more than me and touring and stuff like that. And the last thing in the world either one of us wants to do is be the restaurant band, you know, or even play, you know, play in a place where where people aren't listening. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, why bother? If you're just going to be background music, we can be more entertained sitting here in William World or Teratami. Right. And... Play music that we like, that we're yeah. interested in, we enjoy each other's company, and we make each other laugh. It's like, well, that's a gig. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. right. We're, we're doing that with you tonight. You know? Exactly. And, yeah. and playing music is, is the reason. And you want to play that one? You want to hear? You want to hear another yeah. song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought. I, uh, yeah, you gave oh, us. Yeah. You gave us some picks. I will accept. I have, well, right, we have a purple. Purple. And two greens. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Awesome. awesome. No, I already given him one green. Well, oh, that's okay. Hey, okay. I want as much as I can get, I'll take it. That's our, that's our, we, that's our merch. Thank you. I, <laughs> I will. I'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you the t shirt later. We got t shirts too, yeah. Oh, t shirts? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, let me know it, and I'll, I'll promote them on my promo oh, for, the, for the website too. Yeah, y'all play, play another song. Okay, this is what we're working on. Okay, uh, excellent. And remember, anything else you need to, you want to promote, and this will be like the nice okay, wind so, down for the. Well, so should we do that? The, so Friday night. Well, when are you going to post this? Oh, uh, this might not be out in time. Well, the I, Human Rights Festival is. Um, we're playing on Sunday, May sixth, and we have the we have the longest set we ever played there, six o'clock to seven o'clock. Okay. On Sunday yeah, well. night. And this is the 40th year for the Human Rights Festival. That's pretty impressive. And this is, 
don't know how many years you've played there, but I've played 40 years there. Tommy is and the only artist to have played every that human impressive. rights festival. Yeah, speaking of, I remember seeing a Facebook post of you, a younger Tommy with long, uh, long brown hair. Yeah, well, it used to be brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. Uh, but but William and I have we've been we've played it together most of the years that we've been playing together. So that's six seven years. Six seven years, yeah. Awesome. And, uh, so, it's and it's a nice it's a nice festival. Oh, it's a great. Okay, so this is one that we've been working on.
that recorded with a Larry Ford <laughs> limited perspective guitar pick. Yes, the reason that was fun, the reason it sounded good, this pick. Oh, yeah. Right there. I just use a purple uh-huh. Mr. Jordan, Mr. Tonks pick. Oh. So that's kind of a good blend. Well, yeah. A little us, a little you. <laughs> awesome. That was beautiful. Isn't yeah. that cool? You got an amazing piece. Tommy yeah. found, Tommy's been playing that, and I was like, I'm going to play that. Yeah. So again, I had to make Tommy. Literally, I filmed Tommy with my camera, my phone. Playing it. See where his fingers went? Exactly. <laughs> so that I can sit at home and, and learn how to do the chords. I still have not learned the melody, which is part of it. Um, so when it comes time for my solo, I'm just winging it. But, uh, but he's a pretty good wanger. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, uh, he's good winging. Good, good, good winging. winging. Um, but yeah, what a great piece. The same guy who wrote uh, Girl from Ipanema wrote that. Ah, yes. Carlos that, Jobim. Jobim, right. That I was. That was called Wave. Wave, okay. Yeah, something yeah. Else. It's called something else in Portuguese. 